thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Good morning, everybody. We're starting a new series today called Parables of Jesus. More on that in just a moment. I just want to highlight what Rachel said. First of all, great job, Rachel Dorinsky. Come on, she brings some life. Let's go. So good. If you're able to jump in on Saturday, it's going to be a powerful time. And obviously, in addition to all of those things about uh, if you enjoy it or if you've got the time, I want, to, I want to encourage you, if you don't have the time and you don't enjoy it, come join us on Serve Day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is an old school preacher right there. Uh, I think it's an opportunity for us to demonstrate to our city that Jesus has done a supernatural work in us. And so we're not going to sleep in on a Saturday, but we're going to jump in and serve together and uh, try to make a difference and help people. And so if you're able to, even if you don't feel like it, uh, I think this is a great moment to align your conviction with your action and jump all in and serve day. So there you go, Rach. You come in and be happy. I'll come in and be mean and uh, say, let's just go for it. Let's serve our city and make a difference. I think it's going to be awesome. And uh, the, the amazing thing is, and you know this, is that when you, start to, uh, when you start to act on those convictions over time, the Lord hooks your heart and you'll start to care more than you currently care. And so I think it's good when the Lord does that in us. And so it's going to be awesome. Um, also, I just want to encourage you. We, are, uh, we started a 24-month initiative um, called The Future is Radiant. Uh, where we're believing God for our miracle building. And uh, I just want to thank you. We started that last October. And so in October, we'll celebrate the one-year mark. But I just want to thank you because of uh, your generosity. We're moving forward. The trustees uh, and I, we're looking, we're praying, we're searching. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a good process. We believe and know that God has got a place for us. And, uh, and so it was really, it's really a step of faith to just say, uh, we're going to start this initiative and see what doors the Lord opens. I love that, uh, that prayer that Paul prays, open a door. I pray that very specifically. Oh God, open a door that the gospel may go for, like a literal door, uh, not just a metaphor. So uh, we're in the middle of that, and uh, thank you for your generosity. If you'll just stay faithful with that, I know that God is opening a door, and, uh, and it's coming. So uh, that's all good things. Also, um, didn't you think Nathan Doritsky did a great job last week, everybody? Come on now. What a man. Uh, he gave a great message and look at him preaching last week. And this week he's serving on the dream team, serving your kids, back in kids. What? I'm telling you, what a servant. He's like Deion Sanders. Dad, he can do, he can do defense. He can do offense. He can play special teams. He's just, he can do it all. Anyway, if you don't know Deion Sanders, sorry about that. All right, let's go Matthew chapter 13. Here's the vision of this series. And this is a uh, we're looking, we're looking at the teachings of Jesus, and he would speak in parables. Of course, he could, have, he could have brought systematic theology and lectured that way. There's a lot of ways that Jesus could teach, but Jesus chose parables. He chose these stories to help people understand what the kingdom of God looked like. And so we're going to read 23 verses, and that's a lot of verses um, today. But I want to read this, then we'll pray. And my dream is, is that we could apply the teachings of Jesus to our lives so that we could look like what Jesus wants us to be, that the kingdom of God would be at work in our hearts and in our lives. So here we go. This is one of the longer ones. Here we go. Matthew 13 says this. 
That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. I know right now, all of you that are here, that you're wishing that you're at the lake. No, no, don't go there. Let's, let's focus here, all right? Stay here. All of you that are online at the lake, way to do church while you're on vacation. I love that. Then he told many uh, things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. The birds came and ate it. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still others, other seed fell on good ground where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused, their hearts. That's what Jesus is going after. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Verse 16, but blessed are you, blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. And Jesus doesn't always give the explanation, but he does in this one. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to anyone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So the title today is The Path to Producing. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We ask, Lord, that we would hear the words of Jesus and that we would understand and that we would produce a crop. We ask that in this house, there would be supernatural activity where the seeds of the kingdom are sown and it falls on good soil. And I pray for every person, whatever age, whatever stage of life, wherever they're at on their spiritual journey, we ask that we would hear the word of God. We ask that it would, it would fall on good soil. Let it go deep. Let it be rooted so that it could produce a crop a hundredfold. We love you. And everybody said, amen. amen. I think at first reading of this, you could kind of think of this as two soils. Like if you just skim through it, 
Maybe you've seen it on a cartoon. Maybe you've heard this. It's easy to just kind of think, okay, good soil and bad soil. And you kind of think, all right, I need, I need my, my heart to be good soil. If you go even deeper, you might think of it as four soils. Okay, let me really break it down. Let me really think through, okay, what does it mean for, my, for the seed to fall upon the path? Do I have a, really it's saying, do I have a hard heart? So if you think of like a path, like a sidewalk, where between the fields, they would throw the seed, and it had no chance of going in because it was just so hard. And so Jesus is saying it's like a hard heart. I think we could think that and then go, maybe I have a shallow heart, like rocky soil. Goes in, but it's shallow. And so the lack of rootedness causes it to not work. And the last one is the thorns. And you could go into illustration. Okay, what does it look like in my heart? Are there thorns that could choke out the word of God? And then go, or finally, good, good soil. Or where I want to go today is I actually want to say, not skimming it with two and not just kind of a casual read with four, but what if today we go with a vision for a hundredfold in our hearts? We could look at it and say three bad soil and three good, 30, 60, and a hundredfold. What was sown? 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. So when Jesus tells this, he says, or it falls upon good soil. It takes real root. You don't see the thorns. It's not rocky. It's not the path. And there's a supernatural thing that God does in the heart of somebody who receives it, hears it, understands it. And the whole vision is to produce a crop. So imagine for us, if we think, in my life, I desire to have a heart that is so soft, that is so open, that the landing spot of the seed, the word, lands on my heart and it produces a crop and I'm aiming for a hundredfold. It's easy for us to think, I'm going to try to stay saved. I'm an American. I just try to stay saved. I want to invite you to a bigger vision than that. I want to invite you to a bigger vision than when I say that. That's my joke. Uh, I mean survival. I mean, you know, just not quitting. But if we could get where Jesus was going here, he's looking and he kind of gives three bad soils, three good soils. And when I hear this and meditate on it, I don't see Jesus just trying to give kind of a parabolic, kind of theoretical. It's idea. This is real people in real time in his real experience as he's really sharing the word. Because he's seeing people, that kind of sounds like Jack Bauer, doesn't it? These, these events take place in real time. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, because he's meeting real people and he's, he's teaching and he's seeing real things. So you could imagine, at least I do, there's this moment in John 6, and it's right after Jesus has fed the 5,000. And the crowds turned, and actually in John 6, 66, it says, many disciples turned back and they no longer follow Jesus. So I could see this as like Jesus the seed went out and it fell upon hard path. And there was that kind of quick turning where they said, I'm not going to follow too hard, too much. And you go deep into John 6 and basically it was the teaching is too much. They didn't receive. I, or you, you, could, you could think about Jesus engaging. I mean, at least for me, when I think about the, the moments where Jesus deeply loves his disciples 
and has walked with the disciples. And Judas, one that had been entrusted with the finance. So a trustworthy person, at least perceived. And then when, according to the text here in Matthew, when persecution comes or when difficulty comes, and there's a little bit more. Jesus, we have three different versions of this story in Luke 8, Mark 4. But Jesus says, when it gets hard, or, or the, the illustration is when the sun hits it, when, it, when it's long and it goes, it's hard, then Jesus, I think you could go, I mean, I've, I've seen real people, real disciples. Judas, he flips, he turns, had a shallow heart, got hard. Persecution, difficulty. And that's one of my fears. That's one of the reasons why at Radiant Church, we're really big on Camp Radiant with your kids. It's one of the reasons why we're really big at Bold Conference. It's one of the reasons why we're going to go after young adults with strength. Why? Well, about 90% of people that make a decision to follow Jesus do so before they're 18 years old. But it's easy for this rocky idea to take place with young people. Receive it at first with joy, not get rooted. And then when they face difficult times, they run. It's really easy for that to happen in the American narrative because we'll attract young people with pizza and balloons and games and not adequately disciple them. Then they face the trials in their late 20s and rocky soil. They could spring up with joy and be excited at first, but it doesn't take root. So we're going after making disciples of young people pretty hard around here. I think this is pretty common in the American narrative. I mean, for me, when I look at my life, this, that's the one that made me sad. Sorry, because that's the one that I watched in my life. I watched so many. I had a great disciple maker. I had somebody that, man, you're going to know God, and we're going to go deep, and we're going to study the word, and we're going to pray. We're going to talk to Jesus. We're going we're gonna to write devotional prayers. You, you, let's, let's lead prayer meetings. Let's make prayer meetings bigger than baseball. Let's go. I mean, I had somebody that didn't just, hey, surfacey. No, but let's get rooted. So when I faced difficulty, bam, it, it had some roots. But you know, honestly, I had a lot of friends and they, man, we sing some songs. What's up, man? Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Ooh, baby, let my people go. Knew some camp songs and, 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 and was real cheery. I prayed a prayer. And I receive it and it's good and it's genuine. It's real. But man, when they face those trials at 25, when they got mocked by the professor, when the temptations it was easy to run. So I want to, that's why one of, that's why one of the visions of this house, we will, we, we, we will go after parents making disciples. We're going to go after young adults, discipling teenagers, teenagers. That's why I'm putting my kids back there right now with your kids, my teenage kids, 12, 14, 16, 18. Cause I want my kids to learn to be disciple makers. I want my kids. This is, this is not just for you to just, just be a disciple. No, you got you to gotta flip it. You got to learn. You got you to gotta start making disciples of other people. So my 18-year-old, you better be making disciples of 12-year-olds. You better be helping 10-year-olds. You, you tracking with me? So it's one of the things that happens over and over in our culture that we don't realize is that there's hearts that, that don't go deep. They don't get rooted. Then you got this third one, this... And it's the language of thorns. And it's, just, it's the idea of the, the cares of this world or the deceitfulness of riches. Of course, we know this. You can't live in a prosperous United States of America and not see and feel this one. And this is probably one that we've watched. And that we, I think if we're honest, this one, 
This one is the one that's most tempting because, um, because the, pursuit, the pathway to wealth and to comfort is so available in front of us. I picture Jesus. You know, there's a moment where Jesus looks at the rich young ruler in Mark 10. And um, I just love the phrase where Jesus looked at him and it says, and he loved him. So here is the rich young ruler comes to Jesus. Hey, I've come to be a disciple. And my point is, is that here's the man who went away sad because he had great wealth. But Jesus, was, Jesus had real people, real stories that we can read about. And then finally, there's the good soil. I think that when you think about 30, 60, 100 fold, I think that Jesus probably had a big smile about real people that he knew that ended up receiving not perfect people, but a receptive heart and ended up with a crop. Yeah. I mean, if you looked at Peter and Peter early on is like, Hey, I don't know. I don't know what I, I'm out. And then boom, he gets the boat sinking harvest. And he's like, ah, oh, I'm a sinful man. He falls over. And then he's saying, I, I, I'll never deny you. And then he does deny him three times. And it's quite a journey. But can, imagine the crop of the, of, the, of the cocky fisherman that ends up preaching in Pentecost. Imagine Jesus' delight over the crop of the, of the tax collector, Matthew. Or just read the book of Acts and read the stories of the, the fishermen and tax collectors that experienced the transformation process. And in Acts, we see them producing a crop. So... Don't take the metaphor of the parable, the picture of the parable, and just think of Sunday school, flannel graphs, veggie tales, and Superbook. <laughs> sorry, that, if you don't know what I was just talking about there, sorry, that's, that's the 80s coming out. So I, I want to invite you to think about your heart. I want to invite you to think about your life. That's what a parable does. A parable is a story with a mirror in it. So... Remember the parable that the prophet Nathan comes to David after David has committed adultery with Bathsheba. And he comes to David and he looks at David and he tells a story, he tells a parable. This is what Jesus does. He's telling stories because all of us tend to think it's for other people, but Jesus wants us to see what's in your heart. There's a mirror in the story. So when Nathan says to David, hey, there was a rich man, he had a lot of sheep. There was a poor man. He had one sheep. The rich man took the poor man's sheep. And David said, judgment on that guy. That is wrong. And the famous statement where Nathan turns to David and says, thou art the man. It took the parable for David to realize that what was in his own heart. And if you'll take this, all of us tend to say, good soil, baby. I'm good soil. But the interesting thing is that Jesus is coming and looking at a crowd. And when you look at crowds, people gather for crowds for lots of reasons right? People, I mean, I, I did 20 years of youth ministry, man, people came and that we worshiped and we did, we did some church, <laughs> but there was a lot of people there with some mixed motives. Like, Hmm, he wants to date her and he wants to date her and he's interested in her and she wants to talk with them and they're interested in, and there's a whole, and you can gather in a crowd and even come to church or gather online and you can have a whole lot of reason, reasons other than just a heart that is good soil that is receptive, that does what Jesus said was they hear it, they understand, and they produce a crop. How do I know 
if my, soil, my heart is good soil? Do you have a vision for producing a good crop? I just want to invite you to just, just, just ask Jesus what it looks like in your life. Not for me to define it, but for you to ask the Holy Spirit. Help me, help me understand what does it look like for me to produce the crop that you've called me to? What does it look like? So that you're intentional with your heart. So that you don't forego it. You, you work on it. That you guard your heart above all things. That your heart is something that you're working on. My neighbor is phenomenal at taking care of his backyard. My neighbor is retired and his flowers are perfect. His grass is lush. I don't know what secret sauce he has to have perfect grass. For me, it is a forever like spiritual warfare to try to get grass to grow, but this guy is phenomenal. His grass is perfect. The, the, I mean, just the, every single component of his soil for his flowers, he does an amazing job. He works on it. It's just, that's, I can make jokes all day long, but he works harder than I work on it. He's awesome. I have a big trampoline stain in my grass. <laughs> and so we want to be people that work on it. But what we're working on, just as well as like my neighbor is amazing at his yard. Be amazing at your yard and be more amazing at your heart. Be more amazing at like, oh, I, I, God, I... And honest, have I become hard-hearted? Did I receive something with joy and become, sh and I'm shallow, I've got, it's rocky soil? Could it be that I've allowed the thorns to choke out the word that God planted in my heart? I, I realized that my jokes on Sundays, I often talk about the 90s as the amazing season where the Shekinah glory existed. It's like the decade of joy, right? There it is. And uh, I, was, I was thinking about that this week, and I actually felt like the Holy Spirit revealed to me. I had, sorry. It was a season where um, maybe my heart was real soft, where the things of the kingdom, where I had a givenness, and maybe in my own life, man, raising kids and paying bills and all the challenges of life can cause me without realizing it over time. But maybe the songs weren't necessarily more anointed in the 90s. Maybe the sermons weren't more anointed. Maybe the scripture was just as powerful in 2022 as it was in 1996. But maybe the problem is the soil. Maybe the landing spot has gotten a little hard. Maybe I've got just a little more thorns choking out the good word. So what remains constant is Jesus. And Jesus is the sower. And he's throwing out the words. What remains constant is the word, the seed. What is different is the condition of the landing spot. The soil of the heart. And so God does his work. God is faithful, God is good, and he gives you the privilege of being the one that decides what's the soil of your heart going to look like. And he gives us these three things in the parable. He says, here's, here's what a good heart looks like. He says, they hear the word. Can you imagine, as you go into this week, retooling, rethinking through how you do your week 
to where you listen to the word of God. You hear it. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through the written word? Audio Bible, reading, one-year Bible. Last week, Lee, uh, two weeks ago, Pastor Lee, when he was here, I, I, we, we were sitting at a dinner table, and I said, okay, Pastor Lee, I said, here's all four of my kids. Give it to them. Tell them, tell them what you did to have the word of God just coming out of you like you do. And he said, well, when I was 12, I started reading 10 chapters a day. So he had a plan. Now, whew, you can see a crop. He told his story of growing up in a broken home, but spending time as a 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 25-year-old, 35-year-old, 40-year-old with the word of God as a priority. I don't tell you that to shame you. I tell you that to inspire you and invite you. What would it look like for you to say, I want to be someone that has a plan to hear. I want to listen, get as much as I can, and to understand it. That's why one of the things we, we work real hard around here is small groups where we could talk about it. Pretty hard to have all the understanding come from what you learn on a Sunday. A lot of it comes from dialogue. I want to invite you to, in families, one of the best things you can do is have conversations in your family. What is, it, let's, what is Jesus saying here? What does the word of God say? Understand it. I think that it's easy for us. This is my own opinion. This is just, I don't even know if this is real, but this is what I feel. I was reading about how um, local news generations ago always resorted to some kind of action because if it was generations ago, so there's no television, no radio, no internet or whatever, if, if, if somebody's house burns down or if some tragedy takes place, it, it requires an action because it's, it's all you know and, and, and you're, gonna, you're gonna feel sympathy or mercy or, and, and you're gonna go fix the local problem. Today, we have global news that's instant, internet, quick. We scroll through it. We read through so much so often and it's so far away, it's so frequent, it's 24-7 constant, it's four or five different viewpoints on what the actual news is, that we have developed a way of reading the news where there's no action, it's just, it's just knowledge. And it's, it's a lot of opinion. So it's knowledge and opinion, no action. And one of the scary things is that if we take the way we read internet news to the way that we read scripture, we fail. And we'll never produce a crop. If you, if, you, if you read, listen, however you hear it, and then understand, which means, how, how do I apply this to my life? You don't want to read the words of Jesus like you read internet news. You want to activate. What's the action step? How can, I, how can I, Jesus, how can I apply this to my life? And then just this vision to produce a crop. Last week at Bold Conference, uh, it was really fun because there was... Uh, a young man who was in my youth group that brought a hundred teenagers. And so I had <clears throat> this moment where I'm just watching him and he's just so impressive. I mean, he's just, he's got leadership, he's praying, he's pastoral, he's meeting kids, he's connecting with them. He's got this big smile and you're just looking at him like <clears throat> producing a crop. Ah, here it is. I mean, it's a decade later, but I'm just like, so awesome. And you look at where you will be in a decade, and I want to invite you to have a vision to not just survive, but produce a crop. 
Jesus, what, 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 is, what does it look like for me to hear your word, to understand it, and to activate what you've called me to, to activate calling, to step out of comfort. It always is the Christian way to keep stepping out of what's comfortable. I wanna give you a few verses. If you look at your life and you go, okay, I feel like I've gotten hard-hearted. Here's a good one, Hosea 10, 12. Sow righteousness for yourselves. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. Break up your unplowed ground for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. If you go, my, my, my heart is hard. This is what, I, this is the one that got me this week. Because I'm telling you, I used to sing in the 90s all the time. That's why I always make these jokes about Keith Green, because I just loved it. I was alive. It was, my heart was soft. I was saying, my eyes are dry. My faith is old. My heart is hard. My prayers are cold. I, but but it, was, it, was a, it was a prayer of repentance. It was somebody else's song, but it had taken root in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Take the scripture. God, I, you come to God with repentance. If you look at your life, you go, I think I've got a shallow heart. Here's what I invite you to do. Jesus talked a lot in John 15 about being shallow. Abide. You go, I got a soft heart, but it hasn't taken root. I'm, get with him. Abide. Be with him. Read that John 15 text where Jesus talks about abiding, getting close, because that's where when you face those difficult moments, you face the sun, long time, the seed, <laughs> tempting to go bad, I want to invite you to think, I'm going to be, if, if you look at it and you go, I tend to be shallow. You, where deep in your heart, you know, if I were to face a trial, I would develop anger towards God, not affection. If I go through a trial, I'm going to, I'm going to be angry with God. Then you know, all right, I got to work on that. And, and, and there's, it's, it's rocky. It's rocky soil. Big one. Thorns that choke. This is... <laughs> I'm telling you, you just, you can't stream constantly and not have this in your heart. If you're a perpetual streamer, I just want to invite you to know there is a, there is a good chance there is too much mixture in your heart. If you're constantly entertained, if you're constantly wanting, bam, bam, binge again, bam. I just want you to know it's highly probable. I'm not saying it. Only God knows your heart. I don't know it. I'm just talking about if the methods of your life is constantly taking in those things, there is a moment where you just say, Lord, help me to pull out the weeds. What weeds can I take out of my life? Delete the app that causes you to be choked. Turn, get it out. Yeah, but I have a fear of missing out. There might be some shows that I will not see. There are. There might be some events I don't get to go. If I, if I follow this person, maybe if I can't, if I can't follow this person, if you follow Jesus, you will unfollow many other things. I'm just telling you, it, it, it's a part of the Christian journey. But that mixture, <laughs> that mixture will choke you. So just, be, nah, let, me just let me just tell you, a part of the Christian life is, yes, it's the superior pleasures of the, and the thrill of obedience is awesome. And it does play out in a way where you just say, I say no to this. Remember on Mother's Day when uh, Judah McIntosh in that Mother's Day video, they said, what, what did your mother say? And he said, my mom says, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. It's my favorite moment. He's three years old. What does your mom say? Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. 
I'm just telling you, as a follower of Jesus, there are moments where you're saying, I gotta have these thorns. I'm choking. And if you'll just listen to the Holy Spirit say, don't stream this. Don't fill your heart with this. You will have a messed up heart if you just keep doing the things that guarantee that you're gonna have a polluted heart. So embrace it. Is it painful to pull weeds out? Of course it is. Entertainment's easy and fun. Constant, the deceit. And I'm going to add this. I think in my generation, centuries past, pursuit of wealth, the deceitfulness of wealth. I want to add to that the deceitfulness of fame. Especially young people, they identify fame equates to wealth. So why not have them both? Because if you're famous in today's culture, in some way you can monetize your fame. So therefore, make fame the goal. Shadow mission is I always have, I wanna, I wanna have fame. Delete. Pull that out. Can't have that. And then say, I choose. As a choice, as a conviction. There might be moments where your emotions keep up to your convictions. But at the end of the day, following Jesus is, there is one Lord, there is one Savior. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the one that I follow. And so out of my conviction, I choose. Jesus is Lord. I'll close with this. In the 80s, for those of you that read to your kids in the 80s or those that gave like books to your kids in the 80s, I haven't seen them recently, but there was this thing called Choose Your Own Adventure Books. Yeah, see? Well, we're the same age. We got all, I, love, I just love having you on the front row. Um, and, choose your, and so I had Choose Your Own Adventure books. And I thought it was fun. You know, like you, you read a little bit and it says, if you want the kid to walk on the deck, go, this, go to ch- this page. If you want the kid to jump in the water, go to this page. If you want the kid to go back home, to the, and, and you choose, and then you go to that page. And, then, and, and so here's what I want to invite you to it is possible for you to decide. Christianity, I'll just live with a hard heart, but don't choose that. Where, where that ends is a disaster. Yeah. It is possible to choose. I'm just gonna tolerate shallow, rocky, rocky soil, devastating. It's possible to say, I'm just going to marinate with thorns in my heart. Let the deceitfulness of wealth keep those thorns in you will end up with a mixture that will create where you'll be choked. That's what we do in basketball. We choke when you miss the moment. And you'll choke just like you do in basketball in your Christian journey. You'll face the moment to stand. It's like the apostles in Acts when they stood. When they saw the boldness or courage of Peter and John, they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You know, when the Holy Spirit comes on people, it produces courage and boldness all through, the, all through Acts. It's, it's this common response, filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were bold. And when they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They began to speak the word of God boldly. We have timidity because we're choking. We've got thorns. But I want to invite you, Choose very end there. You're at this adventure, hundredfold. I want to produce a crop. I have one life to live. (sighs) Amen? Amen? Stand with me. Let's pray.
We just go devotional for a moment. This is a devotional sermon. It's about your relationship with Jesus. We just take one thing to the Lord and say, God, here's my action step. Maybe you could wait a moment and just listen. Holy Spirit, what are you saying? the mirror in the story for you. If you're here today and you want to begin a journey with Jesus as a disciple of Christ, it is what you were created for. It is the most thrilling way to live. It will moments of persecution for your faith and difficulty. It also will be eternal relationship with Jesus that lasts forever and relationship now. So the best choice that a human being can make in life is to decide to surrender their life and say, Jesus, you can have it all. I'd like to invite you, if you're here today and you want to make that statement, to the Lord. I want to invite you just to say this to Jesus right now. Jesus, I give you my life. You can have my heart, my life, my time, everything. Save me. I don't want to be the Lord of my life. You be the Lord of my life. I surrender. I give you my life. Jesus, we love you today. And in the middle of the summer, we ask that you would help us to go deeper. I pray, Lord Jesus, that our church would be a church with a hundredfold crop. I pray that we would have hearts that receive the word, hear it, understand it, and produce. Let this be a producing church not our agenda, but your agenda in Kansas City. What you desire for Radiant Church in this city. So God, take us, mold us, use us. As we go this week to houses, serve day, businesses, goods and services, walking into Targets and furniture stores and driving on roads, May we be a people to follow Jesus. Shine your light. Live differently. God, we love you. I pray your blessing on my friends. I pray that you would help them and strengthen them. God, I pray that you would bless them. In Jesus' name. I want to invite our ushers and our prayer team to come forward and uh, I want to invite to, I think that you might identify with one of these soils, famous parable. And I think it's a step of faith to just say, hey, here's, I, I identify with this. I, I think I, I've had a hard heart. If I'm honest, 
Here's where I, I know that I've got sh shallow, it's rocky. Or to be really real and say, I got a mixture going on. I got thorns. I need some of these weeds pulled out. Some of you, if you'll come, and maybe your first step is to say, I don't even know where to begin to pray, but you know how to w just walk down here and have somebody pray for you and just say, listen, here's a weed. Here's, an, here, here's something in my life that takes up too much space and affection, and I want it all to go to Christ. And I want to invite you to have someone pray for you. Jesus, take what we give. Use it to make a difference. God, as we go this Saturday, I just pray, Lord Jesus, that people's lives will be changed. Thank you for the privilege of serving our city. We love Kansas City. We're grateful. We love you today. We honor you. We give cheerfully and gladly in Jesus' name.